So we're moving along in this um, discussion of Midos. And um, I, heard a, I heard a beautiful word. It's Parshish, but it was Parshish Bamidbar. And tomorrow night, Mitzvah Hashem will be Kabbalah Satara. So the Swasemis asks, before the three major Yom Tovim, right? Three different Yom Tovim. We have Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. So Sukkot is the is the culmination of the Sarasimei Truva of Elul, and right before the beginning of that, the entrance into that whole period is called. We have a Shabbos Shuvah. Shabbos Shuvah, Shabbos Shuvah leads us into Rosh Hashanah and Kippur and Sukkot. So there's like an introductory Shabbos. Before Pesach, there is. Shabbos Agadol, a Shabbos again that introduces us and brings us to the Yantiv. Shavuos, there's no, there's no like Shabbos pre Kabbalah's Torah. There's no like what is, it? and it always falls out on Parshas Bamidbar. So he asks the question in this week's Parsha, what, what's the Shabbos that comes before? So he says that, and he is a beautiful drasha, but he says that the Shabbos before Shavuos is the Shabbos of Derech Eretz. Because we know Derech Eretz Kadmon Latayra. Since Derech Eretz Kadmon Latayra, the Shabbos before uh, Shavuos has to be the Shabbos of Derech Eretz. You could say there's all different all different things you could say about it, but the, the most basic way of understanding it is, is that it's all about counting, right? We count we count the, the members of Kali Yisrael. Counting is referred to in the Torah as raise up your heads. So raise up, carry your degel, carry the flag that you're in, know where you're from, and live a life of confidence, of assertiveness, and know yourself and live your life. And that's the way that we, we practice Derech Eretz as we're getting closer to Shavuos. That's the basic, that's the most basic understanding of the Shabbos before Shavuos being the Shabbos of Derech Eretz. We're going to move, we're going to move um, in this, in this safer, and even if you don't have it in front of you, I'll read it. It's not. It's not a. It's not. It's not a terrible thing. But before we do, I want to give an a, a, an introduction to midos in general and why they're so important, and also at the same time very misunderstood, in often. Um, but just to give us an introduction that that fits with the theme of everything that we that we talk about all the time, and so I'm going to read the first paragraph. It's really even less than the first paragraph of the Sefer Tamar Devara. I'm assuming we've heard of the Sefer Tamar Devara. Some smiles, okay. Seminary days. Seminary, yeah. <laughs> okay. So just- Usually good memories, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty emotional. <laughs> hopefully good ones, good memories. Okay. So the beginning of Paragrishan of, of the Tamar Devara. Maybe one day we'll go through other sections of this, but for now, it also works out beautifully because um, I was thinking about this anyway. The the uh, the month of Sivan, so every month you know has a mazal. Every month has an energy that's sent into this world. It's they translate it as the horoscope. The horoscope. I don't. I mean, I don't really know much about horoscopes um, in in the secular world, but the mazal is every month has a mazal. The mazal of the month of Sivan is to umim twins. And the B'nai Saskar and others explain that twins means that you, we somehow are connected with, with God. The en energy of twins somehow is about connecting things. 
So I, when I learned that this year, I thought of this um, first sentence in the term of Devera. And you'll, you'll see why, I think. It is ro'oi, it is befitting, it is a good thing for a person to be madama themselves, which in basic English means to mimic, to be similar, to make yourself similar, to copy. But it really means to align oneself. It's more than just an external version of, of being a, a carbon copy of. It means to align oneself, to align all the uh, the inner worlds and all of the outer worlds, everything about myself to align myself with God. And then we will be, we will be expressive of, and we will actually turn ourselves into a, a picture of what it means to be godly. In other words, that every human being has the capacity to be godly. Atzalem, Udmus, both in form and also in essence. We have the, all of us have the capacity to align ourselves with godliness. We can be godly by not just not just like a mirror, but also internally, right? We could be more than just mimicking God. We can we can turn ourselves to be godly. To be a twin means to mirror, to Im, right? Twins mirror each other. They they mimic each other. They look they look the same. Okay. Sometimes, but generally, the, the notion of of being a twin is where where you find. I mean, in, in spirit in spiritual. I'm a maternal twin. I just have to say. You have to say. <laughs> Got it. Okay. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Kidding. No problem. I don't I don't mean to kick up any kind of neuroses or anything like that. But twins. Twins generally means that that people mimic each other, and even in um, studies of genetics, twins that are separated at birth very often end up having similar lifestyles, even if they're raised in different continents. Similar lifestyles, similar personality traits, etc. To be a twin to God means to be madama myself, to align myself with with Hashem. Shi'ilu yuduma begufai. Let's say a person is similar to God in the externalities. We have limbs, we have facial features, we have a body. We, we somehow mimic, right? We're created and that's a whole Indian Kabbalah that's called the Adam Kadmain, that the energies of God somehow are expressed in a bodily form, whatever that means. And that our bodies are created in the image of that bodily form that's up there in Shemayim. Let's say we, we mimicked God only externally. We looked the part and we, 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 we recognize that our bodies are mirror images of God, but it doesn't, doesn't happen. doesn't just mean actions, but it doesn't mean that in all of the inner movements of our lives, if we're not working somewhere, somehow to mimic our souls to mimic Hashem, if we're not working towards that, then you've destroyed, you've destroyed the image, you've shattered the mirror, you broke the picture. And they will say about you or about such a person, you have a beautiful figure, but your essence, your, your behaviors, what you do is disgusting. So it's like, you know, you have a beautiful, it's like, you know, we all know this. You can meet someone that's like a, an attractive person. You get close to them and they have like, I don't know, like terribly bad breath. And it's like, it's like 
I thought it would be really nice, or worse than that, their personality traits are just are just disgusting. Shari Ikar the Ikar Selam, the Ikar image of God is is in the essence of a person. And I'm translating Pu'ulaisav as essence, and maybe we'll 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 get there. The actions of a person are the expressions of the inner world. Excuse me. It's not, it's not just that you have to take your actions and make your actions godly. It's that we have to find a way to align all of the elements of what we feel and what we think and how we feel and how we think of ourselves and how we think of others and how we think of God, how we think of the world, the sensitivities we have, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of that has to be somehow aligned with the essence of who we are. And then if there's an alignment between the essence of who we are and what we do, then we're godly. Then we have not simply just shown ourselves to be like God, we are actually godly. So he says, What good does it benefit you? In fact, it's, it's, it's much worse. What good does it benefit you to be a person that mimics, that looks like, it mimics you. You know, it could be what's it called? Like, a, like you're a poser. You, you, you mimic God, but you're not. You're not living it. You're not aligning yourself with it. And that's really the way the term of the verse uh, begins. Human beings, we are not. We are not simply created as um, a being to be in this world to do the bidding of some divine enterprise. That's not, that's not who we are. We are literally created, not just in our essence, but all the way down to the most external trappings of our lives. We are literally, literally created as the blueprint of the way, the way all energy in the world works. If you wanna know anything, to understand anything about godliness, you have to study humanity. You could study the trees, you could study science, all that's beautiful, study all that stuff. But you wanna really truly know the full picture of what God's creation in this world looks like, you have to study humanity. You have to study the ins and outs, not just the psychology, but the spirit. The ins and outs, the movements, every time that a person has a thought, and then there's another thought that comes as a reaction to that thought. All of that stuff, all of that stuff is godly. You want to understand how God works. You want to understand how the universe works, how the cosmos works. You go into every little aspect of what it means to be a human being. When you can do that, then you can then you can you can understand how God works. I, I think I've, I think I've shared this with you before. The, the basic the basic Bali Musar. You go back to the Ramchal and the Rebbeinu Yaina. The 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 basic Bali Musar were all Mukubalim. They are the ones who came up with this concept of trying to be godly, trying to be like God. They came to it through an understanding of the world is created in the image of man. We're created in the image of Hashem. The world is, in crea is created in the image of man. Right? Bishulina Ra'ilam doesn't just mean that the world was created for me. It means that the world was created as in my image. All of the energies that exist in the world is in the image of humanity. We're created B'Tzalem Alekim, the world is created B'Tzalem Ha'adam. And, and that's, that is a, one of the secrets 
of Kabbalah, of what's called the Adam Kadmon, that the world is, all the energies that exist in the world is created in the image of what it means to be human. So you could say it the other way around. We are a composite. Humanity is a composite of all the energies that exist in the world, right? When Hashem created the world, one of the things it says is Hashem said, Nasa Adam, let us make man, right? So, so we've talked about that, what that means in the past. One of the Pirushim is, is that Hashem took a little sprinkling of all the different elements of the world and he combined them into man. In other words, man is a composite of all the energies that exist in the world. When Hashem created the world, he didn't just create the world and put man in it. He created the world in the image of man. We are created in the image of Hashem and, and we are created in the image of Hashem and the world is, in, is created in the image of us. All the trees, all the stars, all the dirt, all the earthquakes, all of that stuff. So, so a lot of this is why you see if you go back historically, we have it in our tradition, we have it in, in, in other traditions too. The poets would write about human experiences based on nature. You want to know, you want to discover things like, you know, they talk about like earthquakes within, within yourself, or like, you know, tornadoes, you, you're experiencing a stormy weather inside. All of this imagery comes from this, this recognition which in our technological world and busy, stressful world, we're very, very far removed from. The world, the, you know, um, apps are not created in the image of man. We're, it's not, they're just, just not. It's created in a way that's much more highfalutin than the way man is created. If you want to know where are you going to discover the nature, your true nature, go into nature. Go into nature, learn how to be by yourself, learn how to get in the rhythm of the earth, Walk the, walk the world, work, excuse me, walk the earth barefoot, allow yourself to be vulnerable sitting in the middle of a forest. Do all that stuff. Do all of that stuff because that's the way you're going to start to connect here. So all the, all the Bali Musar were all Mekubalim. They were, they were all coming to try to give us an image of, so, so how did Hashem create us? What does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be human? That's the basic, the most basic understanding. That's why the Ramchal writes in the Sefer Sharm. It's the most classic Sefer in all of Kabbalah, in, in all of Musar. But what most people don't realize is that the Ramchal was a tremendous Mekobel, like tremendous Mekobel. He wrote many, many, many other Svarim that were all Kabbalistic. And he was, he's considered in the world of, of Kabbalahs to be a, a, a big contender. He's a heavyweight. And he writes that he, 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 if you study Kabbalah and you study Pneumia Satara, you study what it means that the Rabbanisham created the world, you have to come to perfect yourself. It, you can't not. Yeah, you were going to say something? I'm sure not understanding that man was created in the nature because he was a composite of all of its parts, or if nature is a replica of man and it's more it's 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 a technical it's a technical question but let's just say let's just say let's let's just let's just say that the world was created for man which means that the world was really created in the image of man correct man came after yes but the world the world was created in that in that order so now, we've, we've, we've gone through this before. The, 
The Torah Devar goes off into, into talking about the 13 Midos, Midas Arachimim, and he goes in that path. We're going to, just just to make this and go through the rest of this Sefer, um, it's not broken up according to the Midos of the Spheros, but let's just let's just go through the Spheros, and then we'll we'll read this inside, and um, and then we'll then we'll just we'll turn this into more of a conversation. The Rabbi Nishram created the world. There are ten utterances that Hashem spoke out into the world, and one of the one of the conversational pieces is that Hashem spoke. He didn't do; he spoke, and whatever that means, that's a whole thing. I don't know if we ever, if we, if we talked about that at some point. Hashem didn't create with his hands; Hashem spoke. Whatever that, whatever the significance of that means. But these ten utterances give us a clue into understanding that there are ten frequencies, there are ten midos of Hashem, there are ten basic ways that wherever you go in the world, first of all, you see the number ten all over the place. Everything somehow, somewhere fits into the categories of ones, tens, hundreds, thousands, etc. The number 10, multiples of 10. 10, of course, is the letter Yud. But, you know, in math, the number 10, everything gets, everything gets multiplied with the number 10. That's number one. Um, if you want to know how to expand yourself without changing yourself, you add the number 10, right? Four becomes a 40. Four becomes a 400. It's all tens. It's all about... So the, everything that exists in reality is based on the number 10. And the number 10 is made up of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Each one of those things is another midah of, of, of Hashem. It means it's another energy that the world exists in. That's why we have a Saras Hadivras and we have a Saras um, Amaris and we have 10 Makas and Mitzrayim. All of these number 10s all go back to the ten midos of, of Hashem. The midos are separated into two parts. There's three, three midos on the top, and then there's seven midos on the bottom. They basically go like this. Keser Chachma Bina, that's on the top. And then you have, after Bina, Keser Chachma Bina. After Bina, you have Chesed, Gvura, Teferes, Netzach, Hoid, Yesoid, and Malchus. The first three Midos have to do with what's called the brain, the abstract. The things that are not like really tangible. Keser basically means the Ratzon, your, your innermost Ratzon, your innermost desire, the, uh, the thing that moves you to live. It's like you're, it's really, it's your neshama, the keser is your neshama, but it's really about like the, the, uh, the breath that you have is really very much related to keser. The fact that you're alive and that you, you have a natural sense of wanting to live, self-preservation, all that, that's basically keser. Chachma is your, your capacity to absorb and know, and know things. Bina is your ability to like take your knowledge and create connections and insight and learn and now that you learn this, you can learn something else. You can you can extrapolate on it. Those things are are called midos elionos. Those are midos that we don't look at necessarily when we think of musr. They have to do with the inner world. They have to do with um, transcendence and things like that. 
But if we just look at Chesed, Gvura, Teferis, Netzach, Hayd, Malchus, we'll go through them very quickly. Each one of these Midos have to do with basic, it's just basic, it's basically the way the world goes. And it, it makes perfect sense. It all, it all fits. Everything, that, everything else that exists in the world is, fits into one of these seven categories. Especially psychologically, everything that exists in, the, in our world fits into one of these categories. Sometimes you have to see, see things in different, in different ways, how the different categories connect with each other. Everything that exists in this world fits into chesed, gevura, teferes, netzach, malchus. We can see that everywhere. Chesed generally means to be, to be uh, giving to others, to be connecting to others. To do chesed for someone means to step out of yourself and intentionally do something nice for someone else. Gevura is more about me. It's more about my, my capacity for discipline more about my, my ability to withhold, to create boundaries that's often associated with Midas Adin. Chesed, Gevura. Teferes is Rachamim. Rachamim means that you, you find a way to take all of the compassion you have over here and all the discipline you have over here. You put them together and they create a harmony, they create balance. And, and so... You're, you're able to have the chesed and gvura working hand in hand, even though they look like they're opposites with each other. We said this, we said this once, that the Pasuk says, uh, Eila told us Yitzchak ben Avram, Avram Yitzchak. These are the children of Yitzchak, the son of Avram. Avram was the father of Yitzchak. So everybody's bothered what had, like, that, that doesn't make sense, it doesn't read normally. The basic understanding is, the, if you want to know Yitzchak, Yitzchak is Midas HaGvura, Yitzchak is Midas HaDin. Din means discipline, it means to contract within oneself. It's to, I'm not focusing on you right now, I need to figure out what I need to do for myself. You would think that he rebelled against his father. His father was Avram Avinu, he was, the, he was a, a world's politician, everyone knew him. He would be on every, he, you know, every movement he made, he'd be on, he'd be on uh, you know, uh, Instagram and everything like that. That's Avram. Everyone would know everything that went on in Avram's life. Yitzchak was blind. He was disconnected from the world. The relationship between Avram and Yitzchak, you would think, have nothing to do with each other. So the Pasuk tells you, you want to know, you want to know about Yitzchak? Avram is Yitzchak. Chesed gave birth to Din. They work together. They have to work together. It's not possible they don't work together. The son of Yitzchak is Yaakov. Yaakov is Teferis, it's the beauty, it's harmony, it's balance, it's bringing things together. Netzach is already a more, a more high, higher developed, the developed stage of, for those people that, like if you're interested in psychology, you learn through the stages of development. So you go really from Chesed to Malchus, you have all, the whole Jewish understanding of human development. It's all there, it's just nobody ever sat down and wrote it out the way Piaget did. So fine, but but you can you can you can you can just it's it's not very hard to do. Netzach is persistence. Netzach is consistency. It's not discipline. It's more than discipline. It's it's the ability to stand up for yourself, to be persistent, to be consistent, and to be assertive. That's netzach. Excuse me. Hide is the ability to appreciate. 
So again, these two things are also seeming to be kind of like opposites of each other. To be consistent means to be bullheaded, you would think. To be assertive means to be bullheaded. To appreciate means to be open. You appreciate what you have. And so there's a lot of there's a lot to work with about how these things work. Yesoid is about the foundation. It's about recognizing it's really where identity starts to form when you when your when your identity is set and you realize I've come to know who I am. This is who I am. It's the, the these are the foundational aspects of myself. I don't have to question who am I, where am I going, where am I headed. I'm very clear with myself. And malchus, malchus uh, really means really what malchus, true malchus means is anivas, is humility. It's the ability to accept. You have to you have to reach a level of maturity to be able to accept, to be accept accepting from others, to receive from others, to be humble, etc. These are the basic midos that all of the svarim, all of the all the balimusar, they all work with this. They don't talk about it, they don't open it up, but all of the balimusar, this is what it all boils down to. This is it. Chesed gvura teferas malchus. Okay. So now we're going to read what Rav Kook writes. It's, it doesn't, he doesn't talk about this at all, but we, we have to understand this. Kol mida taiva. Every good mida that exists. Chesed, Gvura, Teferis, Netzach, Malchus. All of these things. Every, mida, every good mida that we hear of, whether it's wherever in, in Musr, whether it's not talking Russian Hara, whether it's Tzniyas, whether it's Pirkei Avos, whatever it is that we hear, it's a good midah. They have chesreinus that come with them. They have faults that come with them. They have negative things that come with them. In the language of Kabbalah, it's klipas. They have shells. They have negative, there's negative attributes to every one of them. And this is the true avoida of what it means to be a Jew is to bring out and express to the light of day, all of the midas that we have, clean from all of the chesreinus that they have. In other words, it's not so much about acquiring midos. Yes, you should acquire midos, you should learn, learn svarim, Talk to each other, be machazik each other, find, go to shiurim where people give musr. That's all that stuff is fine. That's not the true avayda. The true avayda is not to acquire midos. The true avayda is to perfect midah. And to perfect midah is to be able to tell the difference between chesed, which is giving, and selflessness. Selflessness, when a person loses themselves in chesed, that means that you've, you've, you've overstepped your boundary. Gvura, strength, you can overstep your boundary by being too critical, too harsh on yourself. Teferes, balance, beauty, you can get lost in either the externalities of beauty and not and not and make believe that you're living a world of Yaakov Avinu when you're really not, or you can have the whole balance off about how Chesed and Gvura work. Netzach, to, to be assertive, obviously you can be aggressive. Hoid, to appreciate things. That was really, if you go back, the the Hoyd was Aaron Akain. Aaron, Aaron's whole Indian, what I mean, a whole Indian, but one of the things that happened with Aaron was by the Chet Ego, when he told everyone to bring their jewelry. Aaron is very much involved. He's the Kain Godel. He's very much involved in 
the Indian of external trappings of, you know, wearing the Shemayin Begadam that the, that the Kayin Gadol would wear, everything's, you know, like splendor and grandeur and all these kinds of things that have to do with Hoid. You could come to overindulge. That's, that's really what seems to be going on by the Chayte Egel. He was telling, he told everyone, bring all your jewelry, bring all your jewelry. Well, we'll do that. There's somehow in that Mida of Aaron that he has to be able to work on that. We, we have to be able to work on that. The same thing is true with Yisrael and Malchus. All of these things, you, you said, the one of the things that happens with when you start to identify yourself is you can start to over-identify yourself. That's what's going on in the world today. You get totally lost in your identification. You know, you can get very, very lost in, no, this is who I am. This is who I am. I can't change. I can't change. I can't grow because this is who I am. This is the essence of who I am. No, I'm, I, this is the way I am. You never say that. It's not to say that you shouldn't know yourself, but it is to say that even when you know yourself, it doesn't mean you can't become bigger. You just maybe can't become bigger the way the next guy does or the next the next girl does because you're not the same. So Malchus also, Malchus means to receive. So of course you can you can overstep receiving and not express yourself enough. Every one of the midas, Rav Cook is saying, every single midah that we have comes along with comes along with chasreinus, and our job is to figure out how to cultivate and manicure and work through and find and get to the bottom of how does this mida exist in my life clean of all of these chasreinus. That's really the job. It's not so much, it's not so much the mida of Zahiris. It's about knowing how Zahiris applies to me. Because why is it so important? Every mida that exists in the world, like, like, like we were just saying, Hashem created that mida. I have an opportunity to clean that mida up. If you think of the midas as being like, 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 um, like if, you play, if you play video games, it's like a gold coin. Every mida is like a gold coin. You can, you can like, you know, with Pac-Man, you can just, you can eat it up. Every mida you can eat up, it's an energy that exists in this world. If, I, if I'm a doormat in my life and I don't work on my midos, I haven't eaten anything. I haven't activated anything in this world. Hashem said, I put the midah of chesed into this world. If you activate the midah of chesed, then all in all the worlds, the midah of chesed will be activated. If you don't, it won't. Your, your call. The avoid of working on midos is not just about perfecting myself. It's not just about aligning myself with Hashem. It's about, it's about perfecting the midah. Every little bit of every midah that I work on, we perfect that midah in the world. So there's a lot, a lot of different pieces here. We're jumping all over the place. I don't know, maybe not. We're just, we're just unpacking it all. Every midah that exists, I have the capacity to change. I could change myself through it, and I can change the midah in the world. And that's really what it means that we are created in the image of God, that everything that we do doesn't just matter, but we're creating with it. We are rectifying the world that, you know, the, the conservative and the reform have bought this notion of tikkun olam, which doesn't really apply. It's not found anywhere in the Rishonim. It's not found anywhere in the Gainim. It's not found really anywhere. And again, in, in Kabbalah, there's certain things about tikkun olamis, but there's a real Kabbalistic concepts. And that's what, that's what this is all about. The Kabbalistic concept is, I have the capacity to change the world through every time that I am a Vara Amida. 
I change the midah of chesed that exists in the whole world over. I contribute to that midah of chesed when I figure out how to tell the difference between my intentional selflessness and my losing myself in being a people pleaser. That's, I perfect the midah of chesed in the world. And that's what every yid is given, what every Jew is given. Again, every Jew is given the capacity to affect every media that, that, that exists in this world. That's what it means to build the world. The tikkun olam means that I build every mida when I'm, when I'm working with that mida. When I work on that mida, when I work in the mida of savlanus, savlanus that comes really from the mida of netzach, persistence, patience, the ability to persist, I am masakin I am the mida of netzach in the world. I'm fixing something, I'm building something in the world. Every mida that exists has uh, um, an antithesis to it. It has something that's a part of it. It looks, it, maybe it looks right, maybe it feels right. It's like, I, I was just thinking about this the other day. Today's confidence could be tomorrow's ego. Today, I'm confident about something. I need to be confident. Tomorrow, it could be ego. You have to, you, you, you got to know. You have to be careful with yourself. Today's panemius is tomorrow's pizzanius. At every stage in life, wherever I am, my job is to figure out. So it doesn't mean that we walk around, we shouldn't walk around anally thinking about these things all day long. It means in, in understanding what it means to be Masak and Maimidos, what it means to grow, is to constantly be, be looking at, so how is this working for me? What Mida am I working on? How is this flowing together? How is this working together? And how am I looking to perfect the Mida so that I'm not getting lost in the the chesrainus of the midah. The last the last line that I'll I'll leave you with is um, I was just talking about this this week. Uh, this is just a personal reflection. Sometimes it's very it's the yetsahar could be very tricky. Sometimes the yetsahar wants you to do something that's wrong, and you it's very you know if you stop and think about it, it's clear the yetsahar wants you to. Uh, to eat the piece of cake and you know you shouldn't eat the piece of cake and fine. It's a very clear Yetzirah or sometimes Yetzirah is much bigger than that. And sometimes, yeah, the, the whole beer, the whole question, the whole clarity becomes, do I, I really want this and it feels right? Am I deluding myself? Am I not deluding myself? That's the most basic way we understand it. But sometimes the Yetzirah is much trickier. And this is, it, re it requires a degree of sophistication. And that's really what I, I hope to do with all of these, with all of these shurim, is to clarify this one point. Sometimes the Yetzirah wants the exact same thing that your Neshama wants. Sometimes the Yetzirah wants the exact same thing. The Yetzirah wants you to be a good person. The Yetzirah wants you to be conscientious. The Yetzirah wants you to care about others. The Yetzirah wants all of that, except his way of getting you there is completely messed up. So I want to be, I want to be a good person. I really, really want to be a good person. And I want to feel like I'm a good person. And so I'm going to spend a lot of time trying to make sure that people see me as being a good person. That the right? So what's the mess, what's messed up? If you want to be a good person, then your job is to figure out how to be a good person. Now, sometimes it's nice for the world to reflect back to us. It gives us a certain sense of validation. But if I start to get caught up in how people are thinking about the way I am, then 
the Eight Sahara says, no, no, you want to be a good person. It'll be great if people see you as a good person. It'll enhance your life. It'll be great. Do you want to be a good person? I want to help you get to be a good person. But then where is, where, in what way have I fallen prey to Gaiva? And then even if I don't learn any of the Svarim, hopefully at some point, if you want to be a good person, authentically, be a good person, you get to realize like all of that I've tried for the last 10 years of my life that people should see me as a good person, it, it was all Yetzirah, it was all narcissism, it was all ego. He's working off of my good intentions. The Yetzirah is working off my good intentions. It's just that he perverted the way to get there. To be mevar Midos means that I find, I, I find all of the different ways that the resistance of the Yetzirah puts in, puts in my way, and I find a way to work with it. And I get to know that every media that exists is beautiful, but they all have trapdoors that lead me to hell sometimes. And the, the question is, is to figure out, to figure that out how to make that work. So we should be zeichet to have this derech eretz kadmulatayra as we go into Shavuos and to be makabah the Torah. You know, the men have it much easier because limanatayra, 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 yes. But being Makabal the Torah is much more beyond that. It's being Makabal on myself. And Hashem wants to connect with us. Hashem wants to, to find a way for us to feel not just transcendent, but even in the mundane, to appreciate life and to experience Him and to experience the beauty of what it means to be a Jew. That's all what the energy of the Torah is. The Torah is a love letter. It's Hashem's love letter to the world. It's Hashem's love letter to the world. And what he's writing about in there is about me and about you, because the Torah is all about what it means to be a Jewish person. And we should be as in this little endeavor to try to find ways to understand ourselves better and to be Masakin Armidos, to recognize that it's not just, Tikkun Armidos is not just a means to an end. It's part of the end of itself. It's about aligning ourselves with God so that we are living godly, so that we're living in the way the Torah sees us as as people, and we should be to all the beautiful, beautiful things.